Section 4 of In Italy with the 332nd Infantry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 3 Intense near Vallejo, Treviso, Villa Angelica. For the first time since we were at Havre, the regiment was united. There were acres of tents in orderly rows forming company streets. A highway ran through the center of the camp, separating regimental headquarters and the auxiliary companies from the latter companies. Instead of the conservatory of a villa, we now had a tent for an office. Instead of a soft bed and a roof over us at night, we had a tent and the earth. Most of us enjoyed this open-air life more than the town life. The ground occupied by the regiment was a mulberry grove. The peculiar-looking, stunted mulberry trees were grown for the leaves upon which the silkworms feed. Silk was manufactured in Villafranca and the neighboring towns. Vallejo is very hot, and on some days the heat of the sun readily penetrated the canvas and seemed to be trying to dry the blood in our bodies. Yet through it all the boys drilled. How they stood it, God only knows. Of course, there were frequent rests, but only American grit carried them through. War is what Sherman said it is, but the general thought was that it was not worse than drilling in Italy during August. While the days were hot, the evenings were very pleasant, and the nights were cool, so that one recuperated from the heat and labor of the day. It may be interesting to know what a day meant to this so-called propaganda regiment. The following is a copy of a drill schedule in operation at this time. Monday a.m. 7 to 7.30. Physical exercise, running, jumping obstacles so as to develop agility and endurance of soldiers. 7.30 to 8 o'clock. Instruction in use of gas mask. 8 to 8.15. Rest. 8.15 to 9 o'clock. Company combat drill, including debouching from departure trenches, attacks against points of resistance. 9 to 10 o'clock. Bolt manipulation with magazine floor plate, magazine spring, and follower removed. 10 to 10.15. Rest. 10.15 to 10.45. Platoon close order drill and manual of arms. PM 2.50 to 3.30 Position and aiming exercises 3.30 to 5.30 Developing company strong points Tuesday Schedule the same as for Monday except 8.15 to 9 o'clock a.m. Period devoted to giving platoons an opportunity to go over carefully their particular phase of the company combat drill of the previous day using gas masks. 7.30 to 8 o'clock a.m. Bayonet instruction. Wednesday. Same as Monday, except the period 8.15 to 9 o'clock, during which time instructions will be given company specialists. Thursday. Same as Wednesday, except 7.30 to 8 o'clock bayonet instruction. Friday. Practice march under assumed tactical situations. Saturday. Trenches. Looks like a real day's work in any climate. 
later much of this drill was changed to sham battle and trenches in conjunction with italy's justly famous arditi under major allegretti each battalion took its turn in occupying prepared trenches which they undertook to hold against battalions bullets bombs and signals were used and an amateur would have thought a real battle was in progress near these trenches were vineyards and thereby hangs a tale which however must not be told now a rifle range was also constructed and those men who had never fired a rifle were given instruction the one pound and trench mortar batteries also had a range and our neighborhood took on more of a warlike appearance than the italian austrian front our machine-gun men were not idle either for they were sent to an italian machine-gun school in the mountains where they were drilled and perfected in such trifles as hitting targets on the opposite side of a mountain they learned to shoot the fiat italian guns as well as their own however though we worked hard through september and into october life was not all work in the camp itself we finally had a red cross and a ymca hut which were well patronized it was a common sight to see two hundred or more boys in the canteen line waiting to buy cigarettes chocolate bars and lemonade near the camp was an irrigation ditch about five to seven feet wide and about four feet deep about a mile away was the Mencio River, a real mountain stream. We bathed in both places, but one day the powers that were decreed that the enlisted men should swim in the ditch, for officers only were allowed in the river. It is superfluous to reproduce the comment, but let the reader think of nearly four thousand men in a ditch, in which clothes also were washed, while for less than two hundred officers there was a large river one could also go to the little town of Alegio. it had nothing to offer except the usual little wine shops and grocery stores where we showed a decided fondness for the swiss chocolate and almonds occasionally someone would go out into the country and bring back enough eggs tomatoes potatoes etc so that a few of the boys could enjoy a real meal in a signora's kitchen we had been at the camp for several days when we were surprised by the arrival of the officers and non-commissioned officers we had left at the infantry school in france a few were missing they having been given duties in france while at the tented camp the system inaugurated at soma campagna of using the trucks on sundays to show italy to the regiment and the regiment to italy was continued in our first trip on august eighteenth was to Peschiera, situated on Lake Garda, beautiful crystal blue Lake Garda. Like many Italian towns, Peschiera boasts a splendid old wall, relic of the days of battle. The town itself held us just during the time required to eat a lunch, for there was a boat making a trip around Lake Garda some time after lunch, and we could not miss that trip. The lake extends up into Austria, that country controlling the northern end while italy controls the southern it is fed by streams from the melted snow of the mountains the basis of which meet the water the shores are very rocky and when the boat docked at the little landings the dancing waves could be seen lapping over the doorsteps of the stone houses built on the very edge of the land the villages are beautiful and quaint beyond comparison the picturesque dress of the people the ornamented though poor stone houses 
the little donkeys the blue crystal clear water all about with the mountain peaks above hidden by clouds made an unforgettable picture most of these simple villagers had never seen an american soldier and when we approached the town at least half the population turned out to stare at us and wave a greeting in their peculiar backhanded way on the hillsides facing the lake many pretty homes have been built always of stone while vines and shrubbery are so well trained and trim that these dwellings look like fairy palaces on the twenty fourth of august the big minstrel show which the talent of the regiment had been rehearsing for some time took place neighboring british and italian officers were to be guests of our officers this evening while two nights later the enlisted men were to entertain the men of the british and italian armies a stage was erected with one side of the y m c a as its back and the orchestra was gaily decorated with lanterns and flags the performance was a regulation american minstrel show and was a great credit to the boys who took part in it besides the minstrel show proper there were sketches by two clever cartoonists several vocal solos a violin solo and dances this may sound ordinary but considering the time the circumstances and the place it will be seen how extraordinary it was the performance was repeated for enlisted men two nights later and once more proved a success these good times however were not to last for on the eleventh of september we said good-bye to our second battalion which had been selected to hold a sector of the italian line on the piave river with moist eyes we watched them march away how many of them our comrades of a year would return but they led by the band stepped away lightly with shining faces i know that even mortal battle was more welcome to them than that soul-deadening drill in the hot sun hourly we awaited news from them but beyond a few meagre reports that they were successfully occupying the trenches we heard little from what i have been able to learn however they went into their sector and held it with characteristic american love of action their quiet sector was hardly bearable for americans to stand silently in the trenches and watch enemy shells and aeroplanes pass overhead without replying was unheard of however to take a shot as many wished would have called down upon them the merciless rebuke of the italian general under whose orders they were no unauthorized shooting was allowed so our gallant second chafed and obeyed orders as good soldiers do on friday september thirteenth the remainder of the regiment was engaged in a sham battle they were advancing under a barrage laid down by our machine-guns one-pounders and trench-mortars all the gunners were working fast in an earnest endeavor to make a good showing a group of officers was standing behind the trench-mortars watching the mimic battle when without warning there was a terrible explosion one of the trench-mortar shells it was thought exploded prematurely scattering death and injury for many yards when the final count was taken it was found that one lieutenant and four men were killed and about forty-seven officers and men were wounded among the officers wounded so badly that they never again joined the regiment were the lieutenant colonel one major and the supply officer 
on september fourteenth there was a great military funeral when the dead were lovingly laid to rest in the italian cemetery at villafranca on september eighteenth b company and the band went to rome to participate in the annual september twentieth celebration with them were several of our best athletes when the americans arrived in rome the italians wondered why they had come however seeing that they were there they offered an italian barracks to them besides this incident the most noteworthy event was the disappointment of being in rome with no money for many of the boys were robbed in this barracks of the few lires they had about this time september twenty fifth the fighting in the vicinities of st miel st quentin and dixmund was fiercely progressing and the allies were smashing great holes in the hindenburg line by the light of a candle the regimental interpreter read the news from the daily italian papers and as he called the names of the towns mentioned we drew red ink lines on our map of france these were thrilling days these glowing reports from the western front and the everlasting drilling combined to make life extremely disgusting to the boys many feared that the war would be over before the three thirty second ever saw the front and none of us could understand why the italian front was so quiet while at every other point where there were allies there was a hail of shot and shell a camp bulletin was written by one of the chaplains and it proved very popular until it was forced to suspend publication after the sixth issue owing to the lack of duplicating paper for the mimeograph machine at this time a postcard craze seized nearly everyone the postcard industry in italy is surpassed only by the vino and macaroni industries on september thirtieth bulgaria capitulated after a series of severe battles with the serbians greeks and french during this time you will remember the second battalion was in the trenches and it was generally thought that the first or third battalion would go up to relieve them in a few weeks the colonel's idea in occupying these trenches was to reserve a place for the americans when the day of battle came however before this plan could be carried out the tents at vallejo were struck and the regiment was moved to treviso by train and the second battalion was ordered from the trenches so as to join the regiment at treviso regimental headquarters remained till the last everyone except about twenty of us had gone we were to follow in trucks with the records boxes etc it was sad and lonesome to look at the former site of a living bustling camp now deserted and dead only a few fires burning rubbish remained to mark the place with the coming of daylight we loaded the trucks and set out for treviso the trip occupied the entire day but it was pleasant in every respect on passing through a village one could always get hot coffee chocolate and fresh bread which helped our canned meals considerably it was evening when we reached our troops billeted in an italian barracks on the outskirts of treviso having no definite orders to proceed we remained for the night in the morning we received orders to go to a villa outside of treviso which we did the name was villa angelica the estate was a large one with the usual tropical trees and luxuriant vegetation even in october our sleeping quarters were in one of the wings of the u-shaped building 
the walls and floors were of stone or cement and with no fire they were not very comfortable with only a straw tick and a blanket separating one from the floor our office was a chapel and part of the floor consisted of six marble slabs marking the last resting place of former members of the family being now quite near the front we could see at least five italian observation balloons dozens of aeroplanes passed overhead daily and parts of many battles were seen as the aviators pursued one another across the sky while here we saw an austrian plane suddenly dart out from behind a cloud and blow up an observation balloon before the observer could descend at night all lights were forbidden and the rumbling of the guns told us to heed the warning however it seems that americans are ever ready to take a chance and with window blinds securely fastened many a grand poker game was played by the candlelight this was our only recreation outside the nights were black and one took his life in his hands to go walking we thought a great drive was eminent for every night the roads leading to the front were alive with moving vehicles it seemed as though the steady flow of slow-moving guns would never stop and we marveled at the dexterity of the unlighted flying camions as they raced to the front with loads of supplies and raced to the rear for more our companies were on the outskirts of treviso in two italian barracks their daily tasks were drills and hikes on october fourteenth samuel gompers paid us a visit the band played in his honor and his face brightened to hear the familiar ragtime he gave a short address on the value of teamwork two days later we were ordered to treviso we had expected to go forward however despite our grumblings at the many moves we were glad to bid farewell to villa angelica and its darkness end of section four